You are listening to a Pod Studio One Podcast Network podcast. Find more great podcasts at www.podstudioone.com. Rocket Rangers, man your post. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. Wherever there is mystery, adventure, intrigue, there you will find... And yet I hope that the certainty of what we have to meet will make you rise above these fears. Welcome to the Pod Studio One Podcast, all about people and the things they are creating, doing, and dreaming. Here's your host, Blake Hodges. Today, we have a conversation with Jeremy Robertson, who, if you remember, is my best friend and from episode 33 of the podcast. And this time we bring in his wife, Kat Robertson. And we follow up to talk about what it's been like for them to be married, be business partners, work on a creative project, and how that's all culminated in their new album, New Life. Here's our conversation with Jeremy and Kat. You gonna be good with that mic and everything? Yep. Uh, We're good to go. No, legit though, I appreciate that. Because when we don't do interviews live, uh, sometimes the mics are really bad and I'm like, oh no, their story is getting lost in the audio waves. But uh, anyway, so we have Jeremy and Kat Robertson in today. Uh, if you didn't hear Jeremy's episode, he was on 33 and he is uh, my best friend and a kind man because he was actually our first ever in-studio recording and uh, was gracious enough to be our guinea pig on that. And he was also the guinea pig on me being an interviewer, which went awful. I'm just going to say it. Go listen to it. It's bad. I cut him off all the time. I don't, he is the patience of a saint, so he didn't hit me in the face. If He, he, he would have been warranted to because I was so bad at this at the start. But uh, we're back to continuation of that story. Uh, if you haven't heard his episode, I'd go back and listen to it because it'll make this one more fun, especially with our new edition cat because I'd were y'all married at that point or just gotten married or I don't remember. This would, this would have been last year. Yeah. So we would have been, I want to say a year and a half into, no, no, excuse me. Not even a year. That's what it was. Right. I have no idea when you recorded this. So Kat's like, I have no idea how long we've been married. Yeah. <laughs> What's our anniversary? Yeah, so it would have been. It was December. Married. It was December yep. 2016 is when we did our first recording with you. So y'all would have been yep. married for what? Uh, from April. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep, we would have been married seven, eight months. Yeah. Yeah, and see, you were my first, you know, best friend to get married. So that's kind of a a big deal. Right. It's really an honor. Cat's <laughs> making this face that I can't tell if it's just like I just woke up face or Blake you're being annoying already um, so tell us like what is it let me see again trying to pick up on that story y'all had let's just recap again where we were at um, you guys were working on your current project which you're about to re- you were starting the the culmination of what that project was going to become that is now coming out um, you're just you're playing shows together, getting used to playing together. So let's start there. I mean, what has it been like? Because y'all just didn't get married. You you didn't just merge as hey, we're married now. It's we're doing music together now too. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't recommend it for everyone. <laughs> I guess <laughs> we we definitely have experienced uh, what it's 
you know, the tensions that come along with living together, being married, and also essentially running a small business together. And the, you know, just the natural tensions that can be born out of that. But ultimately, on the flip side of that, the huge positives are that I'm married to someone who shares the same dreams and visions as me. So you get to experience those things and chase after them together, which is incredibly powerful and very binding ultimately. So it's really cool. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I love that succinct answer. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I think there's, you could probably find for me, this is my opinion. You could find five, depending upon the day, 10% negativity in it, but the rest is all positive for me. Well, um, to have such a ratio, how do y'all do that though? I mean, how do you, because that's a good ratio. If if the working together positively and living together positively is going like that, is there, how do y'all work together so well? Yeah, I, I think, and this is a blessing. This is a blessing. But the way that I, I am starting to look at it is we try to now make time for ourselves to be separate. And I'm, I say that because we have the blessing of always being together. Um, so that's, that's, that's one way that I would look at it is like always putting aside time where she has her alone time or she has time with her friends and vice versa for me. And I call that a blessing because in a lot of different situations, it would be more like we need to make time for one another. You know what I mean? Cause we, cause in most situations, people are always, you know, whether they're working different jobs or, uh, also with kids, like, um, depending upon your situation, most times out of not, you're trying to make time for your marriage. The thing is we have a lot of time in our marriage, which is a blessing. Uh, so, but I think also making time for one another allows us to see the blessing of a long time, <laughs> always, always being together. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing. And then also number two, just because we're working together doesn't necessarily mean that we're, we're making time for our marriage. So I think also balancing that and in ways kind of making shelves of our relationship, marriage, business, um, and putting, putting things up and leaving them there when, when we've had enough of working together, you know what I mean? Or if, if we've, we've had our personal time and now we're working, now we have to wear the hat of, Hey, we're in this together and this is our business. So we need to be, we need to be wearing that hat. Does that make sense? Well, I think a lot of those distinctions are, you know, like maybe after dinner or whatever, we don't talk about like Robertson anymore. You know, we do, we like go hang out or play a game with friends or, watch a documentary or something, something that you just, you know, you do as a couple to reinforce your relationship versus continuing to harp on that business relationship. Um, And then on the flip side of that, when you're in business mode, I think we both learned really quickly that you have to, um, in some ways, set aside the sensitivity um, and the personal attachment to work. So when Jeremy criticizes something that I write 
or not even criticizes, but you know, he wants to tweak it and make it better as he should as a good business partner. I have to look at him through the lens of a normal business partner instead of my husband just, you know, like took apart this thing that I was emotionally attached to or whatever. And then ultimately it makes us great business partners. Um, but I hope, yeah. You keep saying business partners, but it's not only a business you're technically running, but you're also, I mean, even, you know, any couple could struggle selling, I don't know, uh, floor tiles. You know, you could be an independent floor tile contractor. That would be tough to do as a couple, but y'all are doing a creative endeavor on top of that. (laughs) So, I mean, being a creative pairing, I mean, I'm sure makes it even more tough, but do you almost feel as if you're different people? Because I really love Jeremy's shelf analogy. Someone told that to me when I was younger, uh, when I taught Taekwondo, and it really helped. Do you almost feel as if work, Robertson, and then create, like while you're being creative, Robertson, so like running the business, but then making the music, and then being a married couple, do you almost feel as if you're different people during those times? Or I, mean, what is, I don't know, what is that like? I'm asking the question that I think I already know the answer to. That's why these ones with my best friend are so tough to do because I have to feign, yeah. I have to feign ignorance. I have to feign. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I I think the nature of what we're doing, we're trying our best to remain the same person in all of those things because, first and foremost, like my responsibility as as a husband is first and foremost cat. You know, like and and the way that I love her, the way that I. Uh, attempt to care for her and to put herself first before my own self. Like I need to be always thinking through that lens, not only in my marriage, but also in the creative endeavor that we're doing, because that is the thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like the thing about what we're doing is we're inviting people into our lives and into our relationship because that's, that's what the songs are all about that we're writing. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what, again, the thing is. And, on top of that, because we're trying to make this a living, I also got to look at it through a business. I want people, whether we're meeting different artists in, in like a, like whatever venue we're at on the weekend, or if it's a church event and I'm working with a youth pastor, um, or a camp director, I want those people to, to know who we are, um, is consistent with the message that we display on social media on the stage as a brand ultimately the two of us is um is the thing it is the brand i say all that and that's what we want but i think obviously in some uh, situations if we're having a business meeting we're going to talk differently. We're going to think differently than when we're having a songwriting session mm-hmm. um, or a recording session or a rehearsal. Same way as me and Kat having dinner together on a Friday night, just the two of us going out on a date and, and it's just the two of us as a married couple. Obviously, we're our conversations, our demeanor, what we're talking about, intentionality and stuff, that's going to be different. But again, the thing is our relationship and I want that to be expressed all throughout. There's so many layers there. Uh, what are y'all ever in? Oh, we're on a date mode, but then the songs and the music does come from y'all's relationship. So is there ever a, Oh, this moment just made me think of this thing. Let's write a song about this. And you shift into that kind of mode. What is it like when one of you brings the ideas? Cause 
I don't actually. This is something I don't know. I mean, what is y'all's process like when you're writing songs? Who's thinking of the ideas? Or what are some moments you've thought of ideas? What's it like making the music? All that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think we've gotten a lot better at both being respectful of the boundaries we've tried to create right so yeah maybe we're on a date or maybe we're with friends and or maybe we're listening to something uh because yeah like you guys talk about on this podcast all the time inspiration or whatever can kind of strike anywhere and so if that is something that happens um especially in like a zone that we've designated as a non-work zone um we always write them down or like for Jeremy, if it's a melody or a guitar lick or something, he'll record it. And our phones are essentially just little montages of moments of inspiration. And so um, I think we've gotten a lot better about saving those ideas, writing, you know, I'll pull out my phone and in an Evernote, um, not an ad, but in an Evernote, I will type up, everything that I'm thinking about a certain situation or if it was a phrase or whatever um, and save it for a time that we are ready to work on something. So I think, I think we've gotten a lot better about that. But as far as how songwriting for us generally goes, um, there are probably three types of songs that we tend to write. One where I come home from something and Jeremy's like, hey, I wrote a complete song. <laughs> what do you think about this? And, and then she makes it better. No, but it's always, whenever you really do that, it's because you're really inspired and whatever it is, is always great. Um, and then B, when I get stuck home, like totally alone for hours, I feel like that's when I've just like cranked out songs by myself as well. And Jeremy will come home and I'll say, look at this thing. And then we finish it together. Or songs where we come together intentionally to write and I have a phrase and Jeremy has a guitar lick or a melody or a hook and we put it together and finish it out together. Yeah, so like for instance, on this new record that, that we're putting out, there's a track on there called Remain. And for me... I wrote that song literally, it was the fastest song I've ever written. And I wrote it um, because I, I was I was sick for a couple of days and I just, I'd realized uh, just from reflecting on that time that I had mistreated Kat uh, and just expected things of Kat um, that, that I shouldn't have. Um, and the thing is, is that she was always consistent and she was always helpful in those moments and Once in a lifetime. for me like when when i realized that i woke up that morning and i had a song by the end of the day because uh, i just i couldn't help but to be overwhelmed with just that kind of love that kind of you know that consistent love uh that is found in in a good marriage uh, and for me i recognized that and it was the most tangible way that in the past, you know, almost two years of our marriage is the first time that I've really like truly experienced that receiving that, that kind of love from Kat. Um, so I wrote it all by myself. And I think by the end of the day, I, I shared it with Kat and we probably worked another mm -hmm. 30 minutes on it, fine tuned it and stuff. But that's how that song came to be. 
But then I also think about Take Me There. Like that was pretty much written by you. You want to talk about how how you wrote that? Yeah, I mean, sitting at this exact table and I get incredibly frustrated when I'm writing, especially without Jeremy, because I'm not incredibly proficient on guitar or piano, or I wasn't for sure at the time that this was happening. And so when I write music, especially melodies or like parts, I have to, or I had to just funnel that information to Jeremy and allow him to basically try to figure out what the heck I'm trying to explain. (laughs) And so when he got home, I was like, I have this thing. And I just sang pretty much the whole song for you. And then Jeremy puts music to it, essentially. What's that translation um, process like? I mean, is it is it rough? Terrible. Is it like turbulence no, on a plane? I mean, how is that? How's that well, translation I think go? it's helped that, you know, in the last year and a half, I have become much more of a true musician probably than I was in the beginning. And so my language and speaking about music I think has gotten a lot better in the beginning I would just say things like you know like a, a, I don't know it like sounds really full and Jeremy's like that means absolutely nothing <laughs> to me I'm just laughing but this whole he time he's really patient <laughs> I'm just laughing this whole time because I know what that's like Kat because me and Jeremy when we, were, when we were little kids we were we would try to write songs together and it was the most frustrating thing for both of us because like you say yeah. I didn't know what to say to communicate this and then Jeremy's mm-hmm. trying to interpret it and it's just well, yeah. difficult it's difficult so well, and Jeremy grew up in a household of singer songwriters you know I mean you've Did been you to us every no no I didn't know that. every inch of it oh no well, like I there grew- was no music you were just, you were the one music person you were the person who started out on that uh, I didn't even, I was like a jock. Mm. So that's probably a whole separate topic, but I really didn't start doing anything with music until after college. What? Um, hang on, hang so, on. Y'all met at that camp where you were both singing mm-hmm. together. So how long had you been singing That was like my that? first, I'd been doing that for, I guess, two years when I met you. And that was my first real dabbling in music. Wow. Other than so, taking violin for so, my whole life. So your intro into the scene is singing in front of, fi- what, 500 people every week or so? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I think it's close to... 1,100. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's quick or not, but how the heck did that happen? Well, I grew up playing violin. It's really important um, to my family that I was really well-rounded. So I played sports, you know, I did okay in school and I played violin and was in choir or whatever, but that was, you know, it. And in college, I really felt like I wanted to do something different with my summers other than just work retail again. And so I had friends who uh, I knew worked at this camp at the beach and they basically had three teams. And so I just thought, well, I'm probably not good at this media thing. And I definitely don't really do any type of drama or theater type stuff. So I guess I'll try out for this music team. And that was how it started. That's amazing (laughs) that you just went that direction and it worked out. And then that's where y'all met and got married. So 
it's like the the it's it's the perfect blend between frustration and amazement on my behalf because i mean you know me like i spent my whole life like aspiring to be be a musician that has always been the goal and the dream and the thing in my life like the moment i picked up a guitar and started singing like that was i was like all right this is what i'm doing but then hearing cat's story for the i remember hearing for the first time i was like are you serious like it just it i mean it's it's pure talent and i say that i say that in the most i try to be the most unbiased uh to say that but i really mean it like now jeremy's right jeremy's right whenever whenever i first encountered cat uh me and our other friend jason were on a 12 day no yeah eight day (laughs) 12 state road trip and so i showed up at this camp that was one of our stops and i was hearing cat sing and that's when he i don't think y'all weren't official but because you couldn't be but jeremy had told me that he definitely was like hey the person on stage with me and the the second i hear cat sing i'm like oh i know why she's got jeremy hook line and sinker i mean her voice is awesome so that's man it's not the only thing like (laughs) she loves jesus she's awesome and she can sing there's a lot of things that go in that but it definitely doesn't hurt, right? Well, I mean, it definitely, I'm sure, caught your attention quickly. And it's, I can totally see how that would be frustrating and amazing all at the same time for you because that's why I'm just so dumbfounded, Cat. because it felt like Jeremy's whole life led up to that moment when he was playing at mm-hmm. that camp. I mean, every step had led to that step. And you were like, steps are cool. I'm going to just go down this fire rail and I'm going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We shouldn't discredit. Like, I mean, you played p- uh, violin for a long time, so that's definitely musically inclined, but... Yeah, it's just like you describing that is pretty much how I view my entire life, which I think is really what frustrates Jeremy. Like Jeremy is so hardworking and is incredibly by the book. And like, how can I do everything necessary to like, you know, move along? And then I look back at things. Yeah. And I just view it like, well, this just led to this. And then I don't know what happened. I was just, you know, (laughs) here and then like whatever. And it's fair to say we just, we balance each other out. No, you really do. I mean, and that your histories balance each other out even more so. And Kat, I kind of mm-hmm. like that story. I mean, I don't know. I was just like here and then like I got married and what? And what? <laughs> That's so cool. True. Yeah. It is, it's really, it's incredibly amazing. And I think just always kind of reminds us that, you know, there was purpose in both of our backgrounds and in each of the steps we took to get to where we are now. And so just to see some of those things coming into fruition is really neat. Wow. So would you say that more of your songs are, I wrote this, let's tweak it? Are those more often than the, let's write this together? Hmm. Um, I wouldn't actually say that. I, I, I would say the inverse. So those two examples we gave you, um, of the song remain and the song take me there. I think those are the outliers. Um, really the rest of the songs on the record are songs that we wrote intentionally, the two of us, or also inviting one or two other songwriters in the process as well, sitting down intentionally and kind of bearing the whole, the, the weight and the burden evenly for each, for, for those songs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I would say primarily it's it's done on a more balanced scale. But again, man, every now and then, like either Kat or myself, 
we go down a rabbit hole just by ourselves. And then I think one of the cool, cool moments in that is inviting that other person in Mm -hmm. being like, Hey, look what I chased. Can you help me wrap it up? Can you help me actually finalize it? You know? What does it feel like though when creativity hits y'all on those kind of things? Because creativity seems to be this thing that I, it's like the person in the room that is, all, is at all the parties that I go to recently. I mean that mm-hmm. figuratively. I don't go to any parties because I'm boring. Mm-hmm. But creativity seems seems to be this recurring thing, and uh, how it interacts is interesting to me. And so, does it feel as if y'all, when you have creativity, does it feel like a lightning bolt? Does it feel like an old friend that's sitting there whispering to you? I mean, what does that feel like when you have a, oh, man, this moment, this thing? Oh, I've got this idea. I mean, when that hits you, how does it hit you? Or maybe it doesn't hit you. Does it just whisper to you? I mean, what's that like? Um, I think for me, most of the time when it... Re- so there are situations, and I'm sure you, you've heard people say, I went through a, a phase where I just forced myself to write every day. You know, and so there's cultivated creativity, I think, where you sit down and just do to practice and do to talent and do to whatever circumstances, something decent is going to come out of that eventually. Right. But then there are other moments where something ha- I, I don't know. It's like all of a sudden you're writing something that you've always known. And just for the first time, you've been able to verbalize it if that makes sense. Like all of a sudden it just all comes out. And in those moments, I just wish I could hold on to it and just do it forever. But then every time it feels like just as quickly as it comes, it goes and you can't stop it really. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have, you have people in Nashville, you have people in LA New York, you have, you have songwriters who are doing that as a vocation, as a living. And man, they go to work Monday through Friday, nine to five, even sometimes, um, where they, they, they go and their, their plan for that day is to either write a song by themselves or to sit in with a co-write and write a song with someone else. Um, and, and, and we kind of have that same mentality, like again, in the same, the same thought of this record that we're releasing we sat down in the months leading up to the recording. It would have been May through August of 2017. We said, hey, we want to record a record in the fall. So we got to get started and start writing <laughs> and start coming up with content. And we blocked out three months, a good three months to actually create that content and we were intentional we sat down i want to say at least three or four times a week Mm -hmm. intentionally saying we're going to give at least an hour and try to figure out hey how can we create this content but when you plan for that like what kat's saying it's really cool to look back on specific moments that happen that you don't really necessarily know how it came about but again, what Kat's saying is like those moments, you're just like, there's something here that is bigger than myself. There's something here that I wasn't planning on chasing, but it came up, you know, and, it, and you, as the songwriter, you're always trying to think, how can I do the same thing tomorrow? <laughs> how can I get back to that place for another song, yeah. for another project? Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost as if 
how much of the recipe is allowed to be the spark from the lightning strike and then the spark from a blacksmith hitting the hammer? Like how much of it can mm-hmm. be work? How much of it can be inspiration? Um, mm-hmm. And there seems to be the pros and cons of both. And it's very just, I don't know, I'm very intrigued by it. But uh, y'all, it doesn't sound as if you had any writer's block or any problems. Maybe that's just because <laughs> Kat's raw talent and Jeremy's planning skills. But oh I mean, goodness. how is it that y'all, or maybe you did, y'all are both smiling. I'm going to shut up. Tell me about the writer's block. So when we were trying to finish um, a song on the record called Old, ironically, we were sick of it. (laughs) And we had finished, I think, all of it pretty much except for the bridge and how we were going to just, you know, land the plane. How is the song going to culminate from this place that we were building it into, like, what the heck was going to happen after that? And I think it took us to, over a couple of weeks. We would come in, sit down, try like 40 things, hate it, leave frustrated. Not at each other, but just angry that we couldn't finish the song. And it took, I mean, it was for sure a couple of weeks before finally one night sitting on the floor and frustration we yeah it was it was right here right here in our living room we were sitting on the floor hanging out and we got the guitar out and we started the song and it went somewhere Mm -hmm. and i think that's the thing you just that's the thing with any type of creative project creativity in general you just got to make time for it and you got to you got to trust the process as I think back to my old theater teacher in high school, trust the process, be diligent, be disciplined. And there's going to be moments where your, your time pays off, your work pays off. And I remember that night, like looking at you after, after we created it, Mm -hmm. like, and we landed the plane and we figured out what the bridge was actually going to sound sonically and the words we're going to sing, looking at you and being like, Hey, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. You know? It's funny. It's the more we're talking about it, the more I just can't help thinking that it's kind of like, (laughs) this is a terrible analogy. I'm probably going to get hate for this, but it's kind of like, honestly, having a baby (laughs) in that we both contribute to it. So it's like the songs are a little bit of both of us and you create this thing that didn't exist previously and then you unleash it on the world uncertain of how it will do there. You know, you just create this thing, you make it as good as it can be. You refine it in the studio and through the whole recording project and you show it to people you trust. Wow. This is, no, this is, a, this is a great analogy. This is great. I have this never thought about this. Um, and then, yeah, eventually you release it to the world and you put it out there and you feel vulnerable about it and scared. And, um, you know, then hopefully it resonates and connects with other people. And that is the purpose of it. And a disclaimer right now, we are not pregnant. This so. is the oh, yeah. just in pregnancy announcement for Jeremy and Kat yeah. Robinson. This, this is completely hypothetical talking about the creative process. We're no. not having a baby anytime soon. No, I really love that analogy though. Would, would you say the uh, the launching it into the world part for the album would be the equivalency of sending the kid to college? <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you just kind of 
push it out of the nest and look and stand back. And just I, I wish y'all could see Jeremy's face when he said that. He just has his hand out like he's touching toxic waste. His eyes open wide like seeing a demon and just push it out. <laughs> it's true though. You, you're never ready and you just set a date that it has to happen regardless. And then you put it out there and um, just see, you know, what happens. No, I, I like that. That's that's a really good analogy, actually. So you had the one writer's block with old. Is that the only one mm-hmm. where you had uh, writer's block on on any of those questions? Or is this question getting old? Well, I don't think we had necessarily writer's block We on any of the, any of the others. There's one song on the album, or I guess a couple now after it all shook out. But um, there's one song that we truly co-wrote with two of our dearest friends slash just community like our people and that was really neat because one of them brought the idea to us and we were so into it it just was so captivating i think from the beginning and then we worked on it for a while got kind of stuck on it and invited another friend in to help us um with it and finished the song with him What was that like for the two of you working with two other people at that point? It was so fun because by that point we had just written so much. I think that having someone, having other people contribute to it felt, um, felt very freeing, I think. And just, I mean, writing with people is so fun, especially people that you love and just getting to create that voice together. Um, it's really cool. Yeah. And different people bring different ideas mm-hmm. to the table. So I would say both me and Kat, we, we tend to want to write sad songs for some reason. We want to write songs that are slow. Mm-hmm. And with this song in particular, what made it so, so great is again, our friend brought it to us and it was a song that we would never have written we we never would have started a song like it um so again just bringing people into the process that you trust uh you 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 tend to make things and you tend to make work that is bigger than yourself you know um so that song in particular it's called rise up that song was created not because of one person but because of four people in a room just feeding off of each other and I think that's really cool. No, I mean, that's, <clears throat> again, the creative process is so interesting there with having four people. And it's cool that y'all are self-aware enough to notice, oh, yeah, we kind of like the slow songs. So I'm guessing that's the fast one on the album. Uh, speaking of which, how many songs are going to be on it? It's going to be a total of eight tracks. Uh, but really, it's um, it's six full songs. But we have like an intro at the beginning and then an outro piece to the last song. Yeah, I can say that because we didn't like we didn't play that part. So our friend wrote it, and it's I am obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're really excited. This has been, I would say, this project, uh, like we put the most thought into it, and we've we've tried to plan as as well as we can. Um, this record ha- has a concept to it, so we've thought about flow between each song. And again, that idea of starting with an like like the intro track going into you know the first full song, we just we've really tried to think through it more than we ever have with any other creative endeavor 
that we've been a part of well, in, it, in the past. And it sounds to me like this is less of a, these are the best songs we came out with in this period of time, and more of like a, this is a book with chapters, and each chapter is different, but yeah. they correlate and coalesce into like an actual beginning mm-hmm. end kind of thing. Well, and there were definitely <laughs> some songs we wrote that did not make the cut. Yeah. Oh, how many did you write that didn't make the cut? What was left on the cutting room floor? Well, at least two, I think. Two. Yeah, there was one I was really trying to go f- go to bat for, and it gonna wait for another project that'll be when jeremy makes his break off solo band (laughs) (laughs) that's right exactly yeah oh my gosh well how often though that that elicits another question then i mean how often did y'all start with an idea start working on it and then we're like "Mm, no just this isn't this isn't it we gotta walk away from it oh every day (laughs) oh man i mean but that's just who we are you know when you both do it it's hard even now, like before we got on this podcast, we're working on a song just mm. because yesterday I was working on something and today was the first time that we've just had a quiet moment together to talk about it. And so what, that's what we were doing. Yeah. And that's really like what our, um, what our phone looks like. Like if you were to look at our uh, voice memo app on, on our phone, it's just like, like song idea after song idea, like, between the two of our phones, we probably have 50 that we've, that we've written in the past year. And it's not, I mean, they're not full songs. It's just like, Hey, this is an idea for a chorus or I really like this cool guitar part. Like, and, and I think it's cool because ultimately when we, when we come back around on the next project, we want to write in the next, next songs we start to write. That's one of the first places that I start to look you know, if, if I've already had moments in the past where I've created something that I felt was a good, a good a nugget to hold on to, to record, I'm going to go back and see if, if I can use that, mm-hmm. you know? So that's another cool thing too, is like the idea of thinking of songs in the future being creative, being created by different moments in your past um, that you kind of piece together mm-hmm. to make an actual work. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think that's, I, I'd like to uncover the work that goes into the creativity because I think a lot of times people just see it as the lightning strike, but it sounds as if y'all had to wade through a lot of, of stuff to get to what actually ended up making it on there. Mm-hmm. So well, I, and like we were saying earlier, sometimes the lightning strike is, I don't know, like a full-blown storm and you write a whole song and everyone who hears it is like, wow, that's the best thing you've oh. ever written, you know? And then other times it's like, okay, this this is catchy. I'm going to save this um, to work on later. Does that make sense? Yeah. So sometimes it's like, this is a good this is a good tidbit, but not a full thing, I think. Well, no, and that makes me think of another thing. How Who all do y'all show? Because you have each other to bounce ideas off, mm-hmm. off of. But And ultimately that's what spouses do when they're writing or making something one will show the other but you're both equally invested in it. So who sees, because I haven't personally, and I'm not saying this out of jealousy or anger at all, um, I haven't seen or heard a single thing from this album. Uh, so who do y'all show it to you? Like, where do you get your feedback from? Yeah, you. It's something that I'm learning is when it comes to a creative project like this, where obviously a lot of things about what you're working on is subjective to the listener and... Um, you know, we all can share, share our opinions. You keep your circle 
uh, tight, you keep your circle small and you trust the mess out of those people. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I'm not going to invite 10, 20 plus people into the songwriting process, the recording process, the arrangement process, the mixing, the mastering process of the record uh, because that's that's just so many opinions. You you have to, like when we vision cast, uh, when we sat down to vision cast for this project, it was literally this time last year. It was a year ago. It was last winter. Mm-hmm. We sat down at a coffee shop and we thought to ourselves, okay, what's next? We had just finished uh, our first project, the EP we put out back at the beginning of 2017 and we were already itching to create something else. And we thought to ourselves, what what should we do, you know, to start this new project? And one of the first things that came to our mind is the people we invite, it needs to again be maybe a handful of people, two or three people. And we really want to trust them. And we really um, want this to be a collaborative thing. Because again, we, we believe that making something that's bigger than yourself is one of the coolest parts to art. Um, in our personal opinions. So, I mean, when I think back on the past year creating this project, really two main people come to mind for us. Um, It's, it's really the two other songwriters on the record um, named Trevor uh, and Wade. Uh, Trevor is, is the guy that we've been working with. Uh, He produced uh, the project. He helped us arrange parts um, uh, and he, he helped us track and record it when we went into the studio. So he's been a huge help to us uh, in that. The, the other guy is named Wade, uh, and he's really kind of become the unofficial official third member of Robertson. He just, he, he's, he's stupid talented. The, uh, the guy can, can, can play almost anything. Uh, he has a great voice, and he brings great ideas to the table. So are those so two for, the people that you <clears throat> kind of bounce off the creativity of the songs on? Because you listed a lot of the stuff like the technical elements of the mastering and the mm-hmm. all those elements. But I mean, in terms of raw songs, are those the guys who y'all have been working on to try to get soundboarding off for that kind of a... Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that absolutely. I, I would add a, a good friend of ours named Ross uh, who has, um, he played drums on the recording. And dude, I'll have to say that has been one of the, one of the coolest parts to this project is knowing where the songs came from when we wrote it on an acoustic guitar, just the two of our voices in our apartment. And then that first, I remember that first band rehearsal we had, uh, it was actually, it was the five of us sitting around just staring at each other, Ross on drums, Wade going between whatever he was doing, bass, piano and electric and Trevor just kind of sitting there with us, conducting us, telling us what to do, mainly what not to play. And I just remember having that moment and staring at all those guys and staring at Kat and like, this is so cool. Like to know, you know, this started in our brains again with an acoustic guitar, with our voices and to hear drums added to a song, to hear electric guitar, to hear bass, like that, that was one of the highlights for me when it came to this whole creative process. But to answer your question, yeah, I, I would say those are the three main guys that that we've invited in and have just trusted, um, trusted their ear, trusted their creativity and their input. And I 
definitely believe it's paid off. Well, and each of them have just given so much to it. I mean, in my opinion, they have each treated it basically like it was their own. Like they have meticulously crafted their individual parts. They have listened to raw mixes and critiqued it. They helped with the songwriting process. Ross is like an incredible um, designer and stuff too. So he's helped us with like our t-shirts and like just putting in time that is so above and beyond just showing up and playing the recorded parts and us, you know, giving you whatever to be there that day. Um, each of them has really displayed ownership over it and it's just so cool. And I mean, they are some of our best friends and I think that's another way that the music stays authentic. Um, is that all of us spend so much time together that the second something happens or someone tries to add something or do something that doesn't feel authentic or doesn't feel true to the nature of the project or just themselves, everybody knows each other so well that you're like, stop doing that. Hmm. And that, that uh, process of refinement, I think has been really instrumental, no pun intended, hmm. um, to everything that we've been able to put together. No, I like that. That's uh, that's very interesting to, when you see, I mean, a whole symphony is not just one instrument, and seeing it all kind of mm-hmm. come together, uh, was it? Did it feel worth it to both of you guys in that moment? I mean, I guess Jimmy, you were the one who's having that internal dialogue with yourself, but when you oh, see all that happening, and now that y'all are almost there, I think a lot of the times people don't think about the work that's going to go into this thing. They're like, oh, it's just going to be fun. The whole time's going to be great. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. I mean, did it make? Did it seem as if okay, all of the work has been worth it because we've gotten to this point. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially in our situation of really DYI, like like this is this is our small business, really. That that's really how we're we're envisioning um, what we're doing and how we're treating what we're doing. Because it's it's just us, you know? And and because of that, there's a lot of weight on our shoulders and a lot of uh, different hats that we're having to wear, um, that man, it can just get really overwhelming. I think the, I think there was a moment, um, as, as things were wrapping up and we were in post-production, man, I just, I felt like my brain was about to explode because not only was I thinking about everything we had to get done, but all the things that we had to get done, you could, you could put into like 10 different categories. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's just so much that goes into creating and fine tuning and releasing and marketing um, a project. There's just so much that goes into it. So for me, I think that's something I'm learning a whole bunch. What does it look like to wear different hats? You know? Yeah. Well, so Kat, how did, I mean, how did you feel? I mean, now that you, I didn't know the songs were already done. I should have assumed that. Uh, but I mean, how does it feel seeing this thing that you've kind of created this baby as it would be, um, that we announced yeah. earlier, uh, that is not in fact a living creature. What is it like being in this moment when you're, you get to see all of your work kind of come together? I mean, does it feel as magical as you're hoping yeah. it to be? I mean, no, it, so the first time that Jeremy's talking about where we sat down and really like played everything full band, um, we recorded it just on this like crappy iPhone version and Jeremy and I 
were listening to it on the way to a show, I think, or something that same day. And I just started crying because I, I just felt so proud, not, not proud in the sense of like, wow, this is so amazing, but rather we created this thing and we have worked so hard to orchestrate all these pieces coming together and here it is mm-hmm. like for the very first time. And especially I've never done something like this before. You know, I wanted to be a CEO when I was growing up. And so you can still hear it in her voice too. You can hear just the, she was meant to be in a boardroom. Continue. You can still do it, baby. You can still be a CEO. I promise. Um, uh, I can't, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I just, I've never felt um, that same feeling really about anything else. Just, of kind of no matter what people think of it, we created it with our friends and we've had the best time. We've worked so hard and ultimately we're better singers, we're better songwriters, we're better musicians and we're better people because of all of that experience. And that that just culminated in that moment in the car for me and I was just so proud of the hard work that we'd put in, you know? Well, it sounds like, yeah, I'm glad you said work because I think a big thing for people to know is sometimes just being proud of the work, regardless of the success that comes after it, I think is a big deal. Yeah. Well, I think in any, I don't know, creative or uh, whatever, small business endeavor, you, you just have to love what you're doing and define success as creating something that you put into the world and that you feel proud of either because it's honest or because it's something that you felt just needed to be said, or you just had a great time making it. And if you define success by how other people view your work solely, you'll never be happy because yeah. I mean, it'll never be enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's more so, of, so it sounds like it's more of what you did to get the work into the world, not the, not what the world then did with it afterwards. Totally. What's that line? That's just the work regardless of who's listening. Uh-huh. Macklemore. Anyways. Hey. Well, man, it's it, I, I had not actually thought about that cat. Again, all this assumed assumptions. I, I know Jeremy's done multiple CDs at this point. Uh, this is your first one, so that is really cool getting to see all that come together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the first EP that we put out was really our, you know, first dip in the pond, so to speak. But, um, that EP now, when we listen to it, we don't, we do not dislike it. It just is very clear to us hearing our new stuff and listening to that, that that EP was so instrumental in us figuring out what it meant to make music together mm-hmm. and really honing in on what, if we were going to take the time and the risk to make music, um, what did we, like, what did it have to be? Like, what was just burning us alive that we wanted to make? And I think that's what we've done with this record, so. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so then tell me, speaking of liking the old stuff you make, but really this being the stuff that is really burnt, like burning your your ear to, you know, get out there into the world, uh, kind of as we close, what's the, can you give us like the feel of what your new album is going to be like? I mean, so far we've only heard y'all's voices and stories, but what does it feel like? What is your, I don't know, genre, blah, blah, blah. Words that mean, tell me about what the new record's going to sound like. Yeah, I would say sonically, I mean, it's very, 
uh, singer songwriter, acoustic driven folk type vibe. Um, we have huge, uh, we find huge in- inspiration, uh, with, with artists like, uh, civil wars, Johnny swim, but also like some old cats like, um, Fleetwood Mac. Um, yeah. uh, who else? Like, uh, Jackson Brown. I just, this is going to make me sound so dumb. But just right. own it, babe. I just discovered the magic that is Stevie Nicks, like within the past couple months. It hits you. It has. Who's Stevie Nicks? My life. I don't know who Stevie like, Nicks is. Wow. So, so tell everyone else who doesn't oh. know, because everyone else is with me in this boat. I'm sure the boat is full and going well in the ocean. Who's Stevie Nicks? Blake, that's your homework for tonight. I want, I want you to go home after you're done and I want you to go home and listen to Fleetwood Mac uh, Rumors, that whole album from start to finish and call me. Oh, wait okay? a minute. Is Please. he Was he one of the three people that oh made the, the Rumors thing? Well, Fleetwood Mac is a band, number one. Wait. T- Kat, Kat just, just just in like two two or three sentences, try to uh, explain to Blake the magic of Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks is a 70s rock goddess. <laughs> is he better than John Mayer? Is it, it sounds it's like... It's a girl. <laughs> oh, Stevie's a girl. I'm sick of this podcast theme being recently. <laughs> Let's talk about the things Blake doesn't know. Because that's the assumption. Oh I'm goodness. learning here, okay? <laughs> I mean, this is a study of life through people. I'm studying. I'm not Honestly, testing. I can't really judge you because I didn't really understand either. But I didn't have a very expansive musical background until... I mean, I still don't. But I we just anyways she is just phenomenal and now you know i just want to be her so i'm joining this train of like millions of women but um yeah binders full of women so let's uh that was a delightful bunny trail but uh to to circle back to the original question what y'all's music is like um anything Mm -hmm. else that you'd want to say about uh what's coming up in this album or anything uh I mean, this is what most people would host would call the plug section of the podcast. But yeah. seriously, I mean, if anyone's enjoyed this episode and the previous episode, I'm sure like me, they are excited to hear it. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, any more about it? Or where can we find it? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that people should expect to hear something incredibly raw and hopefully incredibly honest and authentic. Um, we wrote this entire record really in finally kind of reeling from all the changes that we have gone through the past two years um so we got married we started new jobs we moved i mean we essentially started over and i think it's taken us this long to really process a lot of that and um really decide how we were going to allow all these changes to ultimately like shape us and change the way that we view life moving forward. So that's what the record is about. It's called New Life and it will be available on iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Ah, I see what y'all did there. New Life because this is y'all's new life because y'all just got married and everything changed and then also connecting to y'all's spiritual background. That's pretty smart. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if you want a physical copy, you can go to www.jkrobertsonmusic.com forward slash merch. And you should be able to grab a physical copy and maybe a t-shirt while you're at it. Wait a minute, Jeremy. Hang on a second. I just realized y'all's initials are JK. That's perfect. Like JK Rowland, JK Robertson. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, goodness. You're not kidding. Now I see what you did there. Jeremy's moving really fast for this early in the morning. <laughs> He's a morning person. I'm definitely a morning person. Yeah, when I when I woke up to come here, because I live super far away, and so I wake up, I'm barely awake, and Jeremy, I've, I've got a text from Jeremy. I was like, why are you awake? It's Saturday. Go to back to sleep. You sound like my wife. She always asks the same question. <laughs> Just another moment where me and Kat agree. Well, uh... <laughs> Well, uh, y'all, thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited to uh, hear the record. And uh, you better send it my way as soon as possible. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Um, You can find us on Instagram at robertsonmusic.com. That's stupid. (laughs) At robertsonmusic. Sorry, I'm a millennial. I should know better. Well, and Kat's not a psycho morning person like Jeremy. She's like, I, you know, still waking up. So, total okay mistake. So, let's say that one more time. So, Robertson Music, yep. Instagram. Yep, at Robertson Music. And on Facebook, um, it's also Robertson Music, but the handle is at JK Robertson Music. Yep. Ugh, I'm not going to get over that all day. JK Robertson. That's so funny. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, y'all. Yeah, thanks for having us, Blake. I really enjoyed uh, continuing our conversation with Jeremy from back from all the way in episode 33 and really at the genesis and origin of the podcast. Uh, and now it was really cool to get to talk with his wife, Kat. Uh, you know, I've known Jeremy all the way from when we were kids, and it's cool to see his process change, his music change. Uh, it's gotten a lot better, and uh, quite frankly, his whole life changed with her. Uh, so it was cool catching up with him, and I really enjoyed the lessons I feel like we learned today uh, that came uniquely from talking to a married couple, one of them being that you've got to set boundaries when you're working on a project together as a couple or you're working in a business together. You can't just have the time of the business be considered quality time because there's a big difference between focusing on a business or a creative project as opposed to focusing on each other. So I think that's a huge lesson for anyone who's pursuing their passion with their spouse. Secondly, we learned that, you know, if you're going to work on something with people, uh, you need to keep that group small. They had made a big emphasis on the two people they worked with, how important and critical they've been, giving feedback, they feel like parts of the team. And so I think finding that circle of trust and people who care about your project just as much as you do is super critical. And then uh, third and finally, a part that, you know, a lesson that comes through in every episode and I think uh, there's a reason for it and bears repeating is that creativity might be inspiration and it might be where it starts, but it can look a whole lot like work and that's totally okay. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it does take, like Jeremy and Kat said, 50 voice memos to get to that six uh, CD, six song CD that uh, really has the best of the best. Sometimes inspiration and creativity look a lot like work. So take today's lessons to go forth and conquer. And until next week, pursue passion. You are listening to a Pod Studio One Podcast Network podcast. Find more great podcasts at www.podstudioone.com.